Well, good evening, my friends, or morning, afternoon, wherever you may be, whoever you may be, however you may be. Welcome to 15-Minute Free Thinking with me, Carpo, your host, as always. Just a random guy with long hair and a beard sitting here behind my microphone slash camera slash cell phone live streaming at the same time as recording a video and making a podcast and asking myself why. The subject I'm going to talk about is drugs and when I say why it's because this is a taboo topic. I would like to start off by saying I do not intend to influence or convince anyone or Hopefully, by the end of this video, people walk away with an education about substances instead of an idea that they want to use them. YouTube, as well as, you know, well, Google, Alphabet, parent companies, all these different companies, want to censor what people talk about. Unfortunately, uh, harm reduction, as you would call it, gets caught up in the fray. Now, I'm wearing a shirt here. It's a, uh, it says Drug Geek on it. It's an Arrowid shirt, and uh, you get it when you make donations to Arrowid. Arrowid was one of the earliest, first as far as I know, uh, harm reduction and drug education websites. And back in 98, when my wife and I met, I remember around 2000 I was using Arrowid. So I've donated to them twice, and uh, you get a t-shirt, you know, if you do. Uh, I guess it's kind of a, ha, look, I donated thing, right? Well, no, it's funny because I don't donate to a lot of causes. But drug awareness was important to me because I want to see people educated in what they use, the drugs they use, the substances they choose to put in their body. Now, You might notice I have a little bit of a lisp, slur, what you might call. Uh, I have a beer in front of me. I also have uh, my bong and I, my vaporizer here for my uh, nicotine. I'm well aware and well versed in the use of substances. I'm well aware that some people any person, for that matter, could take the use of substances far too far and uh, really get to the point where they have worn out their welcome, whether it be cannabis, alcohol, and uh, even psychedelics. So I want to start off by saying that this video is intended for adults only not for kids. The reason I haven't talked about these topics for a while is because I... some of the neighbor kids... I have three children of my own. One that's eight, one that's eleven, and one that's fourteen... Or, uh, sorry, twenty-six. I don't know why I said fourteen. <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, these... The the vast age difference between my kids is uh, it's it's kind of fascinating because one my one son's almost twelve and the other one's twenty six that's yeah so they're about fourteen years apart and 
my my oldest son is teaching both of my younger sons they know about drugs they understand about substance use but some of their friends watch my youtube channel and i don't if you're out there you know turn off this video shame on you <laughs> i i honestly don't uh put these videos out to influence any minors or people who aren't of adult you know uh, age but more importantly, I'd like to say that even the adults I know can't handle themselves. And so that's why I'm here to talk about my story, my history, and why I'm afraid to even talk about these things anymore because they've become so taboo. They always were taboo. I guess I uh, just didn't care for a while. I had a channel about cannabis when I had a garden, when I had a license. This was back in the YouTube heyday right? Now it's more mainstream, and uh, it's hard to talk about these things. So when I was about 14 years old, one of my friends at school gave me a, a freshman in high school. I think I was a freshman, maybe a sophomore. They used to have a smoking lounge in the high schools, and all the high schools had them, uh, or at least a lot of them did. And the next year it was gone, you know, because they changed the laws. They didn't allow smoking in school after that. But yes, there was a time when I was in high school when kids could go smoke in the lounge if they were 18. And uh, I would go in there and hang out and kind of blend in, smoke cigarettes. I was six foot two, so I could pull it off. And these... <laughs> Uh, one of my friends came up to me, this girl, Alex, and she said, Hey, happy birthday. It was my birthday, and I think I was 14 that day. Gave me some marijuana. Tried it for my first time, and didn't really get anything off of it. I was like, man, it's okay. Whatever. I, I didn't, you know, maybe felt a slight head change. Didn't know what to expect. And this is a common story with people who try it for the first time. Uh, so, anyhow... It wasn't too much longer that uh, I was with someone else, and they said, you want to really try it? And we sat and smoked a joint and a couple bowls of some amazing cannabis. Blew my mind. At that time, to date this this discussion, we watched Nuns on the Run. It had just come out, the movie, with Whoopi Goldberg. And uh, I remember we were just laughing because, you know, that's what you do especially when you're stoned, and uh, had a great old time. Um, so at that point, around that time, I hadn't ever really drank much alcohol. I tried it a couple times, drank some Mad Dog, got sick, wasn't interested. I moved on, and only a year or two later, one of my friends discovered LSD, and it changed my life. I lived in Portland. Well, I grew up in the Portland area. <clears throat> so we'd catch the bus down to Portland, go down there, and there would be people standing on the corner that would just touch their tongue. And uh, you'd know that they have LSD on them. And you go up, you talk to them, you go into a, you know, a parking garage. And back then, mind you, I want to make this very clear right now. LSD is not what it was. Back then, you could be pretty much guaranteed 99.9% .9 chance that what you were getting was indeed either A, LSD, or B, nothing at all. Bunk, which was very common too. But 
we really had good luck. Today, there are so many analogs. There has been a movement, a huge movement of analog drugs, which ALAD, AL-LAD, there's ASD, ADHD, B, you name it. Letter combinations of molecules that are very similar to these psychedelics, but not the same. And I'm not going to say they're better or worse. I'm not going to go into that here because that's very subjective and there are very, I haven't tried enough of them to know. I have tried 2CB, I've tried ALAD or AL-LAD, and I've tried LSD several times, <laughs> a lot. And uh, then it wasn't until a couple of years later I discovered mushrooms. Now, mind you, I'm not romanticizing psychedelics. I'm just saying that psychedelics are amazing tools to discovering who we are and really overcoming some of our boundaries and feelings about ourselves, negative feelings. We can discover who we are. We can discover who we want to be without ever leaving our bedroom. Psychedelics won't make you a better person. They will only tell you what is going to take, what is required for that. Now, mind you, this whole time, smoking cannabis, uh, taking LSD, taking mushrooms, through my, you know, years, I watched a lot of my friends get sucked down the rabbit hole of alcohol. They got pulled over, they got tickets, they got DUIs, they flipped their cars, they crashed into people, they blacked out, they forgot who they were. That scared me. And the only few times I'd tried it, with especially Mad Dog 2020, I blacked out and forgot what happened that night. But I do remember that night puking. And I'll just say, as I'm sitting here sipping an Apocalypse IPA, it's been my friend through this last year of COVID. I realized that Alcohol is a crutch for a lot of people, but I might get to the point where I feel a little bit sloppy and I stop drinking, but I know people who can't do that. And I've done a lot of thinking about responsible use. I also know people who smoke cannabis a few bowls a day and others who just smoke constantly and abuse it. I know people who, <laughs> you know, it's not to point fingers at others who use a lot, because I know people who can smoke pot all day and be just fine. But my point being that there are some who cannot handle it and should not use substances. Psychedelics are one thing. I know people who take way too much LSD, take way too much way too many mushrooms. I mean, they're taking them regularly, every day. And I say, you know, it's it's about responsibility. It's about respect to the plant, to yourself. And um, <clears throat> I also know <laughs> that you're not going to gain anything of insight if you're traveling around while you're getting high. 
you know, uh, with psychedelics, it's been a very useful tool to me to get to understand myself, but I have to have the silence. You know, one thing is funny is that, <coughs> excuse me, I, uh, one thing that I found funny is that MDMA is one I haven't talked about yet, and I will get to DMT, believe me. MDMA is and has been an amazing tool through the 60s and 70s as it was brought back into the light, especially in the 70s by Alexander Shulgin. It became a tool for helping people with psychological breakdowns and with bonding with their loved ones. Now, MDMA has a misconception of being a sex-inducing drug. It makes you horny. It's not true. It can, if you want it to, but it doesn't have to. It has to do with serotonin and the way your body processes serotonin. It is an amazing tool, but you can overdo it. You can take too much. I hear people bragging of taking a quarter gram or a half gram or even over a gram. Here I am, a guy who is 45 years old, who has taken all the psychedelics and several, Molly, several times, and I only take 100 milligrams every time. There are people who take 10 times more than that and brag about it. There are also people who take an ounce of mushrooms. There are people who take 10 hits of acid. There are people who smoke an ounce of weed in a day. It's stupid. It's childish. And it's not healing. It's a cover-up. It's a hiding from yourself. I don't know why a person would do that. I honestly don't. And that's coming from a dude who considers myself, you know, a daily user of several substances. So, a cover, couple more drugs I need to cover. One is uh, DMT, as I said. Amazing substance, but it's very limited in scope. You know, it's not for everyone. In fact, it's not for a lot of people. You can smoke it. There are several ways to consume it, but mostly you have to take an MAOI inhibitor or a monoamine oxidase inhibitor or MAOI in order to absorb it orally. It's also what's in um, when you take ayahuasca, but you can also take uh, farmawasca, which is a pill version of that. With They might use harmala or harmaline seeds, and uh, that's just not for me either. I found that the psychedelic that works for me is mushrooms or LSD. And that's all I need. A DMT can be extremely potent. It can be a weird tool to say, wow, the world's amazing and the universe is crazy and I see all these weird creatures. But it's never once brought me any real enlightenment. And believe me, I've smoked a lot of it. I guess if I want to cover everything, I should go through my daily routine. <clears throat> Wake up in the morning, I have a cup of coffee. Caffeine is my friend. I love my coffee. <clears throat> I might make an exp espresso, or I might make uh, just regular old coffee. But I like good coffee. I don't drink cheap shit, and I don't drink, you know, instant coffee. After a couple hours, I take... A dose of kratom, a couple teaspoons to a tablespoon, depending on my mood. 
then once I start to feel a little motivated, I get get on with my day, hopefully. Um, meanwhile, vaping in the meantime. And, uh... A couple hours later, I smoke a, about two or three tokes of cannabis. Now, mind you, that's not much. I take bong hits. I don't take pipe hits, but I smoke out of a silicone bong that I got years ago that I can't break because I broke all my glass bongs. And uh, I take a toke or two. Then I get on with my shit. Now, the only thing that's changed and the thing I'm going to finish this video on is alcohol. It was about three or four years ago that I went to soak. Well, I'd been going for the last five years before that. And then one year, this random stranger I met, Steve or something, this long blonde haired dude brought a bottle of Jägermeister. And I, I drank some. We were te I was teasing him. I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen that shit since, you know, I was 18. But I, I you know, I don't know if that was the actual moment. But it seems like around that time, I kind of started to drink a little bit more. And I ended up loving Jaeger for a long time. Then I found myself just drinking beer, then vodka, then whatever. And I don't drink super cheap liquor or anything, or, or beer. I always drink the good stuff. But at the same time, I found myself saying, well... I'm drinking every day instead of once every week or every month. There was a time when I only drank every like three months. And uh, I was proud of that because I had friends who drank a lot more than me. And so I eased back. Recently, after a couple of years of this, I, I, uh, I said, I'm just going to quit drinking for a while. And I stopped for like five or six days and didn't bother me at all. But then I just grabbed some beer and here I am, you know. And I started thinking about this. I need to talk about this. Everyone has their habits. And as long as your habits aren't hindering you, then there's nothing wrong with that. And that's my feeling on it. The problem is that a lot of the time we are hindered. Fortunately, it's not financially for a lot of people, but it can be mental. If you're doing blow, I mean, I haven't talked about coke, but, you know, if you're... That stuff is garbage. And amphetamines as well. I, I, It's really hard to talk about these things because they also can be great tools. Some people take these daily. People don't realize that they're giving their kids basically amphetamines when they're giving their kids Ritalin. Um, and so here we've talked about all these illicit substances and, oh, shame on me, the long-haired guy. And by the way, I, I thought about cutting my hair, actually. Shaving it off, like, for the summer. It'd be kind of weird, but I don't know yet. At any rate, I could sell it, I guess, to one of those, like, hair places or whatever. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, yeah. So, the final discussion that I have to have here and the most important one is about the pharmaceutical industry and 
There are a lot of people out there who would shake their heads. Look at this stoner guy talking about using MDMA and LSD. And they might think to themselves, the government has told us these drugs are illegal. How dare you do these drugs that are illegal? I have so little patience for people like that. I don't really care about their opinion. Um, because many people who have accused me of using illicit drugs are taking Paxil or some sort of an SSRI or selective serotonin reup reuptake inhibitor or perhaps they're taking Prozac. You know, the farming industry has a grasp on everybody and it's really hard to even talk about it without sounding like a nutcase conspiracist. I think I'm pretty well versed in what pharma has done to people's brains. I am um, I'm writing a book right now and I've been working on it for about two years and it's about the pharmaceutical industry and the drug market. I am about 70, 80 pages in, but I haven't really been able to figure out how to fund publishing it, that kind of stuff. So maybe one day I'll publish it. I don't want to just give it away as an online, you know, book because it just doesn't have the same impact. I want to make this thing heard because I feel strongly about the pharmaceutical industry. Maybe I could write a letter to one of the book companies and like have them fund it. Or I guess like maybe I could do a Kickstarter or something. I don't know how that works. But at any rate, <laughs> um, you know, so many people have been taking these drugs. Thinking about Milltown. Uh, Milltown was one of the earliest like antipsychotics back in the 50s or 60s. Um, it led to getting banned, but then Valium was the next thing. Mother's little helper, you know? It wasn't really about, you know, it was about relaxing anybody who needed to be relaxed. And when Paxil and Prozac came out, it was like a godsend for the pharmaceutical industry. People become basically drooling zombies without even realizing it, taking a lot of these pharmaceuticals. And meanwhile, they're convinced that illegal drugs are bad. I just want to say this. I'm not comparing them. Sometimes pharmaceuticals can be phenomenal for people. One important thing to remember is this. Sometimes, only sometimes, one intense psychedelic experience where you really go deep into yourself in the right situation with the right people, the right mindset, one intense psychedelic experience can completely eliminate much of our stress and depression by convincing us within ourselves that it's okay. And that's the only way I can really put it. I don't consider myself on top of all this because I'm a human being with my own brain, but I know the parts of our brain that we do connect with. I know this because of all the times I've taken drugs with other people. I have taken a lot of drugs with other people. And I'm not bragging. I'm saying that through those experiences, it's like being a carpenter. 
You know how a house goes together when you work with other people. It's like, you know, working in an office environment. You're either there or you aren't. But I have taken psychedelics with hundreds of people, you know, overall. And it's something that I think everybody should experience. And I think it's the most valuable commodity we have to understanding ourselves. <clears throat> Without going too far into this, LSD psychedelics were banned in the 60s, rather the 70s, because uh, of the fear of the hippies. It's really that simple. This communist fear was really just a fear of rebellion of the war in Vietnam. But what happened on top of that was MDMA was a separate, separate substance which was fought for by the... They it, Basically, a, the whole psychiatric industry came together. You know, psychiatrists, psychologists, doctors everywhere, scientists came together to say, we want to keep MDMA available for society so people can use this in therapy. But some... Some damn hippies <laughs> got a hold of some. Uh, you know, several did. That's a metaphor. But uh, over a period of time, they were introducing it into these new dance parties, and which we would call raves today. And so they tried to ban it. And we know what happens with that. When you try to ban something, it comes back stronger. So my opinion on drugs is they should all be legalized. They should all be tolerated and accepted because they're not going away. Even in the countries with the most intense punishment for possession of drugs, they still exist. In the United States, they raised, you know, the actual jail sentence and imprisonment of crack cocaine back in the 80s, it was 10 times more than cocaine. And this was a racial disparity issue. There's a whole story of Freeway Rick Ross, and I don't have the time for that here. But I just want to say that it's important we realize that the history of prohibition has never worked, and it never will. So, with that said, that's my drug story. Not to promote anything, just to give you my history, to give you my thoughts on things. My thought is this, if you can function in life, make it through life, and not kill yourself with substances, not become a monster or mean or evil or blackout or be an idiot, so be it. It's fine. As long as you're harming no one. And uh, that's that. Thanks for listening. Peace out. I appreciate you all. And um, I'm going to turn off this stream here. And I'm going to turn off the video. And... Uh, I'll talk to you next time. Be well, my friends. Thanks to my patrons.
my subscribers. Thanks to all the uh, history I've had with uh, my own experiences with these things. And uh, I don't know. Drugs are a weird thing. Think what you will. Over and out.